That was very mothering of you with Theodore then. Mothering? Mothering, yeah. Well, if I, I had a sand eye bogey, would you take it out of my eye not. for me? Absolutely not. you do it yourself. I'm, no. No. Oh. But I would obviously do it for my dog. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> On the friendship scale, I have just dropped to like the bottom. No, Theodore's pretty fucking top. Okay. And actually, can I just say this has happened to me in the past? I'm going to tell a story now that is so disgusting. Have you ever had anything stuck up your vagina? Yes, a condom. Yeah. (laughs) So. (laughs) I'm always saying this on a podcast. I just couldn't get it out. And I was living with my mate, Vicky. (laughs) I was living in Winchester. I must have been like 24, 25. I was like, mate, you have to come. And take and help me. Like you have to help me take this condom out of my vagina. <laughs> anyway, she didn't. She didn't. No, she went to work for me instead. <laughs> while I went to the emergency room, you went to the emergency room. I couldn't get it out. Oh, I got the guy to get it out. <laughs> I've got short little stumpy fingers. That's my problem. I need he a just, pianist. He just got a ball in there and got it out. <laughs> to get this out. He already knew his way around. Hi, and welcome to Tits and Tea, the self-sponsored, that's not a thing, self-published, we're not a book, and self-edited, that's why it's clunky, fortnightly podcast, where Rochelle, that's me, and Emily, that's me, drink tea and talk about, what are we going to talk about? Mm, Like life and stuff? Sure, where we talk about life and stuff. Imagine this podcast is like having a cup of tea with a couple of mates. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Rochelle. Good. Yes, good afternoon, <laughs> Emily. It's four minutes past 12. Well, just good, if you like. <laughs> you, don't, you, don't even, you don't need to necessarily tell me the time. Just be like, good. Good. <laughs> Instead of like, yo, well, it's just like, good. 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 Yeah. Like, sup, but like, yeah. good. I'm so down with the kids. Yeah. Good. So much so that you <laughs> didn't know who 50 Cent was when I posted about him this week. I did. I thought, if anyone who's not following us on Instagram, please get on it. It's because, like, why are you even living if you're not following us? If you're not following us on the gram, are you even listening now? <laughs> no, is the answer. Um, Tits and Tea, the podcast, is our Insta handle. And I shat my pants with excitement today, I tell you. Not today, this week. Um, when I was just cruising the interwebs about friendship, I just, like, started Googling friendships. And then there was an article about surprising friendships Mm. bet midler and 50 cent stop it i mean that's just the cutest isn't it i wonder if they'll like have a rap off oh i'd pay good money to watch (gasps) bet midler rap (laughs) (laughs) i'd be front row my name's i'm a midler i'm a diddler (laughs) i'm a diddler (laughs) <laughs> oh. And I'm a bit of a <laughs> Oh God, does anyone know how we can get in touch with Bette Midler <laughs> and just suggest those lyrics to her? <laughs> what does 50 Cent sing that? I'm nothing but a gold digger. Does he, is that him? Oh, is that 50 Cent? I'm not oh, sure. I don't know. I'm I do know. I'm going to be cool. really honest. I would have to Google. Oh, look how hairy my legs are. <laughs> I would have to Google... 50 cent music or maybe use that new app they have called spotify um yeah i'd, I'd have to look up his music i don't know any you are obviously not having sex if your legs are that hairy you've just had a big <laughs> <laughs> snot just came out your nose and landed on the microphone i've got to get a sharpie now and mark that microphone that is your <laughs> you are I mean, I'm not having sex because my legs are that hairy, but you're not having sex because your nose is dribbling onto your microphone. But I am. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's devastating, isn't it? <laughs> well, even though my snot dribbles on my microphone. Yeah, that's quite funny. Um, yeah, so friendships. Fiddy Cent. Fiddy? Fiddy Cent. Fiddy Cent and Bette Midler. That's really cool. Yeah, that made me, made me happy. Mm. So you should be following us on Instagram because... 
I post cool shit like that. Um, but also, we are we are actually going to be like making cons- we're having a meeting about it about like Instagram content, aren't we? Are we? Yeah. <laughs> you were the one that wanted the meeting. You called the meeting. Um. So I obviously have this week off work because I do. just felt like a week of annual leave. I had to check in with myself and realise that I'd not had a full week off since December. So mm. it's just like, do you know what? I'm going to take a week off annual leave and just enjoy my life, which has kind of merged into medical appointments. Yeah. So I had my second jab and then... Um, sorry, I really am quite sniffly. Would I think I might need. Yes, yeah, I'd love get a tissue. You a tissue. That's how much I love you. Hang oh. on. You keep talking. Shall I rap? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's turned into a bit of a week of medical appointments. And one of my appointments was I've just had a few little aches and pains in the girls' department. And. That makes it sound like your vagina is aching. Well, it's not my vagina. It's like my ovaries are aching. So, anyway, I went to the doctors. And up Theodore has now just sat in your seat. So rude, buddy. And they said, go for a pelvic ultrasound. So, I'm laid in this room, legs of Kimba. Hang on, what's a pelvic ultrasound? Is that when they go in? Internal. Oh, those ones are horrible, babe. So, then... The woman turns around and literally she has a lightsaber in her hand. I thought I was in a scene of Star Wars. Was it that big? Well, I'm not large down there. I was like, oh. (laughs) Definitely bigger than a vibrator. Was it? It was longer. Yeah, okay. Well, that's got to go further up, I guess, isn't it? Also, is it lightsaber or lightsaber? Saber. Did I say saver? You did. Okay, saber. Yeah. That's all right. No, I thought I was wrong because I didn't know anything about Star Wars. So, yeah, I actually thought I was in an episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Did you put your hair up in your little Princess Leia buns? No, but I should have done. Yeah. Next time. Next time. She's like, can you press on your stomach so your left ovary moves a little bit? I'm like, that's just weird. Well, that is weird. Are you all right? How are your ovaries? Oh, well, you know, I'm not going to go into that on the um, live podcast. <laughs> They'll be right. They'll be right. <laughs> They'll be You'll right. be right. But well done for going and getting yourself checked. No STDs, anyway. I just want to publicly <laughs> announce that. <laughs> While I was there, I had an STD <laughs> check and I'm all good. I had a full thorough one in my last smear. Oh, yeah. I had to go for a biopsy after my last smear. And I, she was like, would you? <laughs> she was like, are you sexually active? And I was like, No. Which is always, that's hard to say. And then she was like, when were you last sexually active? And I was like, oh, God. And I had to really think about it. And then she was like, would you like an STD test? And I was like, I actually said yes. So that I didn't look like a nun nun in front of her. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And in my head, I was like, I know I'm clean because (laughs) I haven't had sex in so long. It's a really a shame in not having sex because, right, okay, so the girl-boy thing, like, guys, it's like, yeah, yeah, get loads of sex. But if a girl has loads of sex, she is classed as a slut. Mm. A slut? I can't get my words out today. Um, and so maybe there is something, and it doesn't matter whether you have lots of sex or not, but is there any shame in saying, I'm not having sex? Because well, I've just told everybody on the podcast. I think for me, though, because I have had a lot of sex with a lot of people, and I think for me it got to the point where I was like, this is beginning to make me feel really disconnected and it makes me feel really empty. And I kind of, it was when I was sobering up, I spent my first year of sobriety complete, like intentionally without having sex. So I was celibate intentionally for a year. Yeah. Um, and then I got into a relationship and then when I got out of that relationship, I sat with a few other people and then I was like, oh, this, this really doesn't feel good sober. Yeah. <laughs> it feels really awkward and I don't feel good the next morning. Like one night stands, they just stopped feeling, they just didn't feel good. And I began to feel less connected to myself. I felt lonely after them. 
Mm. And so then I was like, okay, well, I'm sort of not not going to have to be in a relationship to have sex again, but I need to have like a proper connection with somebody if I'm going to be intimate in that way with them because you're mm. giving yourself away to that person. Mm. And then lockdown happened. And so I've just kind of been sitting at home with my vibrator since. And I, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Like I really am okay with it. But it, but it was funny to feel almost embarrassed in front of the doctor when she was mm. asking me all those questions I was a bit like oh I haven't been having sex I was like what's she gonna think of me and I had to really have that conversation with myself of just like number one who gives a fuck what a complete stranger thinks of you but also number two like where did I get that narrative that it was cooler to be having sex with loads of people than it was yeah. to be not doing that mm. and I think that's uh, for me that's sort of come with age I think I, I think yeah. I'm sometimes I battle in my own head this idea of like am I just like this weird frumpy middle-aged old woman no I don't think you are but I don't feel like that I just feel like I'm I have agency over my own body and I'm making very intentional and educated decisions about yeah. who I share my body with because it has mm. become more and more sacred to me the older I've gotten and the more sober I've gotten yeah so in the sense of sober how did that change your friendship? So you went from Emily, last man standing, you know, the life and soul of every party, um, always up for it, to I'm now in AA, I'm now going to Kundalini Yoga and sitting in a room and chanting with a load of other spiritual kind of wacky people um because going from that real big party scene to then going to this real kind of spiritual self-aware and then also going to a AA which some people call cultish yeah. I don't think it is but you know I think it helps so many people and I think it's almost becoming now a little bit trendy to be in AA well, people do want to do what I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. But I know like what you mean. Sobriety, like, well, sobriety in itself is much more because acceptable than it has ever so been. So many celebrities are in sobriety, mm. so everyone wants to be like a celebrity. Oh, Emily Chabon, you are now a celebrity. <laughs> um, but how did that change your friendships? Because overnight you made a decision that you weren't going to be that version of yourself anymore yeah it's like you have to learn how to socialize differently mm. and in the beginning friendships drop off and you ate a lot of sweets oh my god I ate so much sugar I <laughs> full on and I remember hearing it in an AA room once someone was just like oh, all I do is eat ice cream every day now but at least it's not white wine and I really ran with that as a concept <laughs> <laughs> I was just sitting at home just eating Ben and Jerry's being yeah. like at least it's not white wine um but I think in the the initial days you naturally have um friends that fall away because you realize that your entire relationship was based on mm. based it was based on going out and getting drunk and getting high and so you those friendships initially you feel a bit like oh god I'm losing something mm. like and it feels quite scary and a little bit lonely and you don't know where that parameter is going to stop like how many of my friends am I going to lose like you can see your peripheral friends dropping off but you don't know when that circle is going to like is this yeah. going to be all of my friends and so there was that moment where I was just like god am I just going to end up like lonely oh, darling but then I think I got more confident and certain about the lifestyle of sobriety mm. And I began to realize that the people that were really my friends, that really cared and genuinely wanted the best for me, were going to rock up you. anyway. Like I could go for dinner and not drink mm. and that that was going to be okay. Yeah. And I wasn't going to be judged. And actually, I think the thing that I learned the most about myself was giving myself permission to be really certain in my decision 
because it's only in the uncertainty and like the wavering of like oh well I'm gonna come but please don't think I'm a terrible person because I'm not drinking like when you yeah. try and excuse your decisions that's when people see that there's a weakness and that's when people try and dissuade you mm. but I just like would rock up and I was just like I'm not drinking but I'm here for the food and I'm gonna go home at 9 30 I'm gonna love the fuck out of you while I'm here and then I'm out and yeah. so like leading with that sort of sense of certainty really helped. Mm. I definitely think there were probably some people that were a bit like, oh my God, what is Emily doing? And questioning my life choices. And they have every right to do that. But it is always my choice as to whether or not I'm going to let their questioning affect my decision making. Yeah. And I just chose for that not to happen. We also have to bear in mind, I'd done a lot of personal development work. Mm. Um, I always look at my life in little pockets. And I think the pocket before my sobriety, I'd done so much personal development work and really working on my mindset and the stories that mm. I was allowing into to influence my life. And then the next little pocket was like my spirituality pocket. Yeah. And that was all kickstarted with sobriety and AA. So your spirituality, that kind of went hand in hand with AA, would you say? Yeah, yeah. I think they started at the same time. I tend to think when mine start, mine, I think mine's always been there on some level but I think mine was when I probably when I lived in Queensland but when I moved to Sydney was it yoga and yoga and I initially just did yoga for kind of fitness and injury because I used to run a lot so I I noticed that by doing yoga helped so much and I did it because I was naturally quite flexible so I was naturally quite good at it bendy <clears throat> bendy but then as I progressed I realized that every time I walked out of a every time I walked into the yoga studio I felt like I was at home and at that time in my life I was in a very I don't want to call it a toxic relationship but I was in a it was a struggle to be at home sometimes and um, I lived with a person who was wonderful but a really not a very nice drunk mm. um, so every time I walked into that studio I felt like just this hug around me just this I'm home I'm safe and so I spent every day in the yoga studio and when I walked out I just felt calmer and then that's when I really started tapping into there's there's something more than just me being flexible, bendy, bendy. <laughs> um, and there's something a lot more deeper within the work that I'm doing. Yeah, has that shifted your friendships? Um, Do you find that some people can't relate to that part of you? I would say more. It shifted my friendships in the way that I. I didn't really know anyone when I first moved to Manly and the people that I were, was introduced to were girls kind of, as I like to call them, handbags and heels, always dolled up, going out. And I couldn't relate to that. And then I went to the yoga studio and I just made my own community and of friends and they're all still my friends now. So in a sense... I just made new friends because I was in a new place. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it's really... I think people have been more, like, intrigued and asked questions. But I think they've realised from me doing a really deep sort of spiritual work, it does calm me a lot because we know I can get quite hyper <laughs> and I you know I can spin out of control a little bit so by being in this practice really calms me so I think probably a bit like you with AA your friends have now realized that that is something that you have to do mm. to be who you want to be yeah yeah we could talk for everyone that subject but let's get to the amazing woman that we have interviewed this she week is. thank you so much for putting in touch with her yeah. you work with her don't you i do work with mel so mel and i are both um surgical um dental nurses um so we work with a lot of them actual facial surgeons but she is just the most incredible human her inner strength as well as her outer strength mm. is just incredible and i think when 
you know, we listened to the interview, a bit like you, the amount of kind of self-development work that goes on, it's not just about you being sober, it's about everything else that's come with it. And Mel is a bodybuilder, but it's not about how she looks and how much she can lift. It's really what it's done to her self-esteem and just everything in her life has, has changed from the person she was before that. Yeah, I'll be really honest. When you first told me about Mel, and at the time, I don't think you think we were doing a podcast together. You were like, oh, I've got this friend at work and she's a bodybuilder. And all of my judgments and, I guess, per- perception around what that means yeah. sort of came in. And I was just like, God, why would you do that to yourself? And like, oh, <laughs> I work. But, you know, I was just like, I just, it, it was completely unfathomable. In a, I would imagine in a way that some people would be like, why do you want to spend all your time meditating and doing yoga? Why on <laughs> earth would you be sober, right? Like, same yeah. thing. And then when you were like, oh, I think we should interview her. And I was like, about bodybuilding? Why, not talk- Why don't we talk about bodybuilding? And you were like, no, you, know, you actually need to speak to her to, re- to realise that it's not about bodybuilding. Mm. It's about who she has become as a result of that journey and the way that that has affected her friendships. And so I was like, oh, yeah, OK, we'll give her a, we'll give her a bash. And it was such a delightful conversation that yeah. we've had. Like hardly any edit, we edited it together. Edited it. <laughs> that was It's fifty cent in the hose. Um, but can I get a bet? Bet? <laughs> can I get a midler? Um, but there was hardly any editing to do because it's everything that she said was just like gold nugget after gold nugget after gold nugget about like how do you hold yourself in a particular way of life it's not a hobby it's a way of life and how do you hold yourself in that place and manage your friendships and manage you know all the other things everything everything in your life even her even her relationship with her partner Mm. like it's just beautiful yeah anyway shall we have a listen to it instead of just spilling the beans on we're going to tell you about the interview we're not going to play it for you (laughs) that's how podcasting is done Thank you for taking the time today to speak to us. We were really interested about like how friendships go in industries like health and fitness. Um, and obviously as a bodybuilder, you have got, I would imagine, a relatively sort of strict regime around Ooh. your uh, routine and about what you eat and about how much you exercise. Do you think that that has had an effect on your friendships? Oh, 100% it has. Um, It definitely makes it super hard. And um, I feel like I have become very distant from very close friends of mine. So, you know, growing up in high school, I still kept all of my friends. um, And obviously, you you change, grow up. um, And this became one of my, I don't know whether to say hobbies, like it's almost a career pathway for me as well, Mm -hmm. um, the fitness industry. And yeah, not everyone agrees with it and everyone has an opinion. And, um, yeah, it was hard. I feel like I have lost friendships. But in saying that, I have gained some as well. But my friendship group has changed. Yeah. Because yes. What got you into bodybuilding in the first place? So I was just um, – I used to work for an orthodontist and we got a new staff member and she said to me, I was just going to Fernwood and honestly, I had no idea how to even squat. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what I was doing. And um, anyway, she said, oh, my friend has a boot camp in Hallam and would you like to, you know, come along? And I said, oh, yeah, all right. So I went there and I was looking at her wall and she had all these photos and she's a competitor herself. Um, And I was like, wow, look at these women like, I wish I looked like this, you know, and um, I was so weak. I couldn't pick up a 20-kilo bar. Like, to put that on my back, I was 47 kilos. I was tiny and um, no muscle at all. And would you and say you were healthy being that I wouldn't tiny? say I was healthy, you know. I thought I was, but to be honest, I was having so much sugar. Like, I think I was running off sugar. So I was your skinny fat, skinny basically. Fat. Mm, that's what I am. Yeah, you're yeah. yeah. skinny fat. Yeah. Anyways, she approached me, the trainer, and said, I think you'd be really good at this, you know. She saw me staring at the photo. She said, would you go on stage? And I'm like, come on, please, me. Can't even pick up a bar. 
yeah, fast forward a few years and she got me on stage and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And now I am, I've kind of stopped prepping now, but I will be um, competing again mid next year. And what did your friends say when you were like, hey, you know, those bodybuilders? I'm, 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 I'm kind of one of them now. <laughs> they kind of looked at me and they're like, okay. Like they didn't believe it. They were just like, whatever. And um, I started, you know, obviously my diet had changed and they didn't change. They were just like, we're going out. Let's go here. Let's go there. And I was like, oh, I can't. Like at that time, I didn't know how to, how to go about it. I would just not go at all. I would just right. say no. So mm. I started to you know, miss out on things, lose the friendship. Um, I eventually stopped being invited out. Mm. Oh, because Mel's going to the gym again. Yeah, like Mel's going to the gym and we're going to go out and, you know, have whatever, like to eat, have some drinks. I couldn't drink alcohol. Don't invite her. Mm. And it was hard. It was as much as I was loving what I was doing and I was so excited, at the same time I was so sad and I felt alone. And the only people I had was the people in the gym. So I started becoming friends with them. And it was, yeah, it was really, really hard for me. But as I grew older and I matured, I realised that I can go out. I then had these friends that would invite me and I would say, okay, let's go out for dinner, but I'm just going to have a tea, but you guys eat, you know, it's all fine. Mm. And they were fine with it. They just wanted my company there. And then that's when I realised these are the people I want in my life. You know, they understand me. They're not judging me. They're not, not inviting me because I've chosen not to eat junk food three times a week. Um, but it was, yeah, it was hard. Yeah. Have you had any of your friends like judge you or worry about you? Because let's be honest, bodybuilding's pretty extreme, isn't it? Like you're putting your body under a lot of tension and pressure. And, and so there is, I think, a narrative around like, oh, actually, it's not very good for you. Like, have you had friends who've come forth and been like, what are you doing? We're worried about you. Yeah, more um, family, right. to be honest. Yeah, so that was more coming from my parents and my sister when I started to send her photos recently, actually, of um, what I used to look like and what I look like now. And, you know, I was, like, so proud of the muscle that I built and I sent it over and she said, oh, I think you're going a bit too far. You're starting to look manly. Well, that's that interesting, isn't it? That was to me because within this health and fitness industry, like I see women who are much, much bigger than me. Mm. So to, I don't feel like I'm manly, but to someone else, I looked manly. And it's the one thing I never wanted to look like. I never wanted someone to think I look manly and it hurt. Mm. And I just said, you know, I, I don't think I look manly. But then that's when you start to question, am I going too far? Are they right? Or you start to question yourself. Yeah. You could never be manly, Mel. You're the most <laughs> girliest girl. <laughs> but the irony in all of that is when you said you were 47 kilos mm. and you were skinny fat and now I see what you eat, you're very, very healthy. And yeah. so you, even though people think, oh, you're well, taking also, it too far. It's perception, isn't it? Yeah. It's like well, what you think I look like and what somebody else thinks I look like are always going to be two completely different versions. So no one's ever going to be right, but everyone's mm. also right in the same breath. And really at the end of the day, as long as you and your partner feel great about the way you look, who really cares? Yeah, yeah. and but it took me a long time to learn that, yeah. you know. Being that 47-kilo girl, like I was always listening to other people. I never, like... If someone said, oh, you're getting too big or you're too small, or you this, I listened to them, I, you know, I took their advice. But now that I'm finally happy with my body, I honestly don't care what anybody thinks of me. Yeah. You know? When you were 47 kilos, were you 47 kilos because you were worried about looking fat or like, would yeah, you say like that I that was like, because some people are just naturally really tiny, right? But were you not eating and? No. So I, I've always been tiny. Yeah. Um, but and yeah, like I said, I was eating, I was eating crap. Like I was having like three custard tarts a week. I would have like hungry jacks whenever. She I has three to custard tarts a day. Yeah, three, I was like three custard tarts a week. Oh, you're on a, oh, you're on a diet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but no, like I never, I never went through, you know, um, anorexia or anything like yeah, that. Okay. Um, I have had friends who have gone through it because of competing. Mm. Um, it does happen. And, but no, I, I didn't go through anything like that. I was just tiny. And yeah. honestly, I knew nothing about health. I knew nothing about calories. I, I had no idea. Yeah. How do you, oh, sorry, oh, you, you were going to say exactly what I was going to oh, say, okay, support, yeah. I was going to say navigate. But yeah, go you, on then. Yeah, how do you navigate when a friend does go too far and, like you said, some end up with an eating disorder? Yeah, how do you navigate that and support well, yeah. a friend through it? Yeah, it's really hard. You're almost like, do you say something? Do you not? Do you, like, what, what do you do, you know? It's, you don't know whether to approach them or not. You don't want to lose your friendship. So you kind of go about it in a roundabout way, um, you know, start inviting them over more for meals and cook for them and get them to see how you eat and act. But it, it's hard. You can't just go up to someone and be like, you know what, I, I think you're not eating enough because they're just going to put up a wall and walk away, yeah. you know. So it, it's hard. It, you just got to tiptoe or walk around, you know, on eggshells basically around someone that yeah, help them. Yeah, you, it's, um, I haven't had a super close friend go through anything like that, but seeing the girls who compete, um, I've even seen it backstage, girls fainting, um, you know, girls are so moody, they're crying, they, some girls take this seriously, like, you know, I go to compete, I have fun, other girls go to compete, if they don't win, that's the end of it, and this is how it happens, so you're dieting, you get to your stage date, you go on stage, let's say you don't win. These girls have just six months, one year of their life, given up everything for this one day. It's a big day for them and they don't do well. They come off. You're supposed to reverse diet. You don't just stop dieting and go eat whatever you want because that's how you fall into depression or, you know, you start hating yourself, Um I would imagine it's not very good for your physical body either to suddenly oh, be on this relatively no, strict diet and then the next day be back at Hungry Jack's with your custard tarts. <laughs> exactly. And then this is how it happens. These girls then go eat and binge and they become fat. They become, you know, from what they were, they've just put on all this fat. They don't know how to deal with it. Mm. You start thinking of ways to get rid of this fat and people go down, you know, dangerous pathways and, that's how it that's how it starts. So this industry, like you need to be very headstrong and you need to be very educated and have a really good trainer because otherwise, if you get into bodybuilding and competing, this can be very dangerous for you. And Mel, like you said, a lot of the girls, it's like that one day. For you, it's not, is it? It's a full journey. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, a real love- mindset for you, isn't it? It's not just this is how my body looks, it's hundred percent journey like, with know. it. I mean, I guess, you know, you've got two different competitors. Like you've got the competitors, like this is my lifestyle. Like I'm happy with it, you know. And then you have girls who just think, oh, like I'm just going to try it out, you know. And then some of those girls who are just going to try it out, like they end up, yeah, trying it out, all good, they're sweet. Others come off the stage and they're just, you can just see it on their face. Like it's it's the beginning of the end almost. You know, it, it's pretty sad. But um, for me, yeah, like I, I love the journey. I love building muscle. I love working out. Like everything I do, I love. So it's not punishing. Like people say to me, why are you doing this to yourself? And I'm like, I want to ask you the question, why are you doing that to yourself? You know? <laughs> That's so funny because that was <laughs> going to be my next question. Like how do you deal with people in your life who maybe don't have any value around health and fitness so almost at the other end of the extreme oh talk about my partner (laughs) (laughs) it's um yeah look it is really really hard because they don't get it like they, they question it they think you know they think you're crazy they're like why are you doing this to yourself just go eat you know that burger or go have this like why are you so worried and it's like If every day I just ate that one Tim Tam you wanted to give me or that one whatever, it happens in the tea room, you know, just have this or just have that and it's the pressure. And if you do that, by the end of the week, if you calculate all the things that you've eaten, you might as well not be um, dieting at all because you've just ruined it. Mm. Um, And that's what people don't get, but people do pressure you. Um, Coming from a, you know, like a WOG background, 
food is everything. Mm. My parents do not understand that at all. You know, they would try and feed me, try and feed me. I go to my mother-in-law, she would try and feed me. Like it was a constant battle within, um, yeah, within our family. And um, they eventually got over it (laughs) and stopped forcing me. But it is super hard. And that's where you got to be disciplined. You know, you just got to stand up for yourself. And if people don't understand that, that that's fine. You know, it's the people that don't work out, don't eat clean, that don't really care about body image or health. They're the ones who are doing this, you know. Mm. Do you have yeah. any friends like that? Like, do you have mates who, you know, will? Yeah, I do. I, I have this one close friend who's, um, yeah, just not very much into health and fitness, which is fine, like, you know. And when we get together, it's really hard because it's like, oh, let's go out for breakfast. Oh, what do you want for lunch? Mm, Should I get pizza for dinner? And I'm like, oh, my God, this is like three cheap meals in one day. Mm. But, yeah, it's hard that they don't get it. Um, They don't go gym. They don't go work out. So, you know, it's like, oh, come over. I'm like, yeah, but I'm just going to work out. So it's going to take me an hour. I'll come down. It's not. Why don't you just come now? Just don't work out for today. Mm. And it gets hard really really hard yeah I guess it's also exhausting after a while to have to continue that same narrative of like oh yeah yeah. of defending yourself I guess and defending your your choices yeah and then you know that's why you almost become distant like it's sad but it does happen Mm. you know because it's just exhausting to constantly say no or you know you know I'm going to say no anyway, but you still ask me, like, it's hard. It's exhausting. Are the girls that you compete with all good friends? Like, is it, like, one big bodybuilding girl squad crew? Let's go get protein together. In my head, it really is. In my head, you're basically like the pink ladies from Greece, but with muscle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nah, look, they're, um, so the group of girls that, you know, I know in particular, um, they're, they're amazing. Like we all hype each other up. We're all there for each other. We're all helping each other. Um, backstage, you do get that odd, you know, girl that thinks she's better than everyone. She won't even say hi to you. And you get you do get that bitchiness behind backstage. And um, But overall, like everyone's really like supportive of each other. I feel like, you know, you've all been on a journey to get there. So Nah, it's a good environment. Backstage, is, it's a good environment overall. Yeah, nice. Because yeah. it's not a glamorous journey, is it, Mel? <laughs> I was waiting for this. Come on. <laughs> I feel like you have insider knowledge Mel. there that I don't have, Rochelle. So the day in the life of Mel. Oh, my God. So, yeah, you, if you were to come to a show, you see all these beautiful girls. They look amazing. They've got tans. Their hair and makeup is done. They look amazing. Backstage, I'm telling you now, we look like aliens. <laughs> like we are all butt naked. We're getting sprayed. There's men, there's women, there's everyone walking around looking for your bathing, looking for your top, looking for your bottoms. Like it's just like sausages everywhere. <laughs> and um, but you're so like in the zone, you just you don't even realize. And then um, some girls are taking shots, you know, a shot of vodka before you go on stage to come. Really? Yeah. Um, and the thing is, though, you haven't uh, had water. Usually, when you you go and compete, you know, you, you don't have water for 24 hours, let's say, to dry yourself out. So that shot of vodka it hits you. Wow. <laughs> so um, yeah, great time on stage, but um. Yeah, now backstage is crazy. But, you know, even leading up to that, the things that people don't see is the late nights in the gym on the treadmill. In your dressing gown. In my dressing gown like this, you know, um, you're trying to fit everything in. So you you go to work. So this is basically my day. I'll wake up, I'll go to work. You work between 8 to 11 hours. You will come home, cook dinner, eat I'll go jump into the gym. My partner's on the couch. He also wants to watch a TV show with me. You know, I want to spend time with him as well. So I go to the gym. I spend an hour in there. I'll come out and I'll watch a TV show with him, spend an hour or so on the couch. You know, it's already like 10, 30 at this stage. Um, and then he'll go to bed and then I'll go back into the gym to jump on the treadmill to do the rest of my steps. And this is what people don't see. Mm. And it annoys me when someone looks at me and they're like, oh, I love your body. You're so lucky. 
And I just think it's not luck that got me here. Like you don't see what I do. You don't see on a Sunday, I spend four or five hours in the kitchen just meal prepping. We're in lockdown now, so it makes it easy. But pre-lockdown, you know, on a Sunday, beautiful weathers, everyone's out. You might be at the beach. You might be at a bar with a friend. You might be at a dinner. And I'm just standing alone in the kitchen prepping all these containers, preparing my week. Because if I don't, during the week, I don't have time to cook my meals. Mm. Um, So it's a lot of hard work and this is what people don't see. So, And you're also studying as well, aren't you? I'm studying. I was planning a wedding, um, working, trying to balance everything, competing, you know, not to mention like the cost of it. Like this is thousands of dollars. This is not a few hundred dollars to compete. You're talking thousands. Um, Well, how much is a bikini? A bikini can range. Look, you can get a bikini for $250 um, if you want to get a secondhand one. But most people don't want to get a second-hand bikini. So, you know, you're looking at a bikini from about $800 to, depending on what kind of comp you're going for, up to $3,000. Wow. Just for the bikini. That's outstanding. I know. And I'm, I don't like spending $20 in cotton on for my bikini. <laughs> so, you know, you've got to get it made. You, you also have wow. to buy all your supplements. You have to buy all your food. Now, I'm eating probably three times the amount of food an average woman would eat, um, not to mention posing classes. You know, we get on stage, you need to know how to pose. You're paying for posing classes. You need to go to them. Otherwise, it's all well and good to have a great body, but if you can't pose, that's it. Like, you're out. I, in all of my years, have I ever even thought about a posing class? Can you I want us to go to a posing oh class. God, that oh, would be great. Mel, can Mel we, how can we come to a posing class? Can we make that happen? We'll pay. Oh, I'll organise it. But can I'm telling you, really? you now, the next day you need a day off because your back is so sore. Let's I'm do in. a posing class. Could be like a, fr- <laughs> a friend thing. We could make it like an episode of making ourselves do something fun well, together we'll that we do would some Instagram never do stories on it for yeah. sure okay make it happen Mel we're coming to posing class coming to a pose class that's something to look forward to post lockdown isn't it yeah. you and me getting our wobbly bits out posing I mean <laughs> I mean we've got the tan down pat we're we do very tan good well with, Mel. Yeah. yeah yeah we do oh, tan good. well yeah you know you only need about six coats for a comp so oh well I'm okay you're good you you, good. you love to go overboard <laughs> on the old love good, on the old self-tan yeah so Mel what would your advice be to girls out there that are wanting to get in the industry or just body types in general and navigating those with friends as well yeah um my advice would be um First of all, obviously, get a good trainer. There are people who try to do this without a trainer. I'm telling you now, it's impossible. It's really hard. You need the support and you need the knowledge. Mm. Don't want to put your body through something and come out worse. Um, So my first advice would be get a trainer that you trust, someone who makes you feel comfortable, who has put someone on the stage before. Don't get someone who's just going to trial you out and think, oh, yeah, I think I can do that for you. Don't waste your money. Um, and second of all, just believe in yourself. You need to believe in yourself because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, you're not going to get on stage. You know, someone can tell you, you look amazing. If you don't believe it, you're not going to get on stage, Mm. get all the negativity out of your mind and just believe in yourself. Go hard, Focus on yourself. Don't worry about what other people are doing. The worst thing you can do is go on Instagram and scroll and look at all these girls. And I used to do it. I'm talking I'm talking from experience. I used to go on Instagram and show my trainer all these girls. I'm like, I want to look like her. And she's like, that girl's been working out for three years. She's been competing for so many years. You know, you're just starting out. Do not compare yourself to her. Because when you get on stage and you get your stage shot and you don't look like that, you're going to be upset. You're going to be disappointed. So worry about yourself. It's all about you. You know, take photos. Um, seeing progress does help. Mm. So I definitely, you know, I take photos weekly. Um, at the start, I'm like, oh, my God, this is so exhausting. Like, why am I doing this? And then I realise because you forget how far you've come. You really do. Um, and get a savings account. <laughs> <laughs> 
for a rich husband. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And you know what? Just enjoy it. Like, honestly, how many times are you going to do this in your life? You know mm. what I mean? Like, just enjoy the process. Have fun with it. Um, it, it's actually competing is actually so fun and so rewarding in so many ways that like it's it is what you make it if you make it a stressful journey and you know you start um, comparing yourself to others like it, it's not going to be fun and it's not worth it and you shouldn't be competing if it's stressing you out that much you know it's not for you you need to have fun with it yeah some sound advice even if you're not looking at going into the industry that's just some sound advice there in terms of don't compare yourself with other people and it doesn't mm. matter what somebody else looks like you're on your own journey I just yeah. want to wrap up Mel with one more question if that's okay would you have advice um for people out there who may or may not be in the same industry as you but who are feeling like they are being judged by their friends and maybe their family as well because it does seem to me that you have done quite well at overcoming the fear of other people judging you like what's the secret to that um I think the secret is just being happy within yourself you know like and it takes time give yourself time you know don't expect to wake up one day and oh my god I'm, I'm happy and it doesn't work like that like it takes a lot it's almost like training your muscle you're training a brain mm. um keep you know say surround yourself with positive people it's I honestly believe that you know if someone is bringing you down you don't need them in your life you honestly don't and I'm not saying you call them up and say don't ever call me again like you don't go about it in that way but start surrounding yourself with good people the people you follow on Instagram are they bringing you up or bringing you down if they're bringing you down get rid of them it's your industry you know it's your Instagram it's your journey in life like the people you surround yourself the people you follow is that's that's who you're going to become mm. you know and that's just in life as well like you can follow someone who wants to be successful with their job you know and if you surround yourself with people like that you're going to start taking your job seriously or following your career pathways if you have people there who just don't care and whatever, like it is what it is, go from workplace to workplace, you're going to end up like them too. So um, You live by is- that role, don't you? Absolutely, mm. yeah, 100%. Yeah. You, you will become who you surround yourself with on a regular basis, yeah. yeah I do because I hung out with you. You're a dick. <laughs> it took me a long time, you know, to realise, but, yeah, it's absolutely 100% who you hang out with and who you surround yourself with and, who you follow on Instagram. Instagram's, you know, part of our lives now. So, yeah, definitely. And um, another thing, what I used to do is when I was on the treadmill, like just, you know, feeling kind of down, like, oh, my God, like I don't want to do this, I would put on podcasts. Mm. Um, you can put this one on if Yay. you want. <laughs> That's a, yeah. Well, that'll and bring you, you up. That's how you discover tits and tears, isn't it? Because you're like, I need That's a good right. podcast. I'm like, listen to mine. Or yeah. ours, Sorry. Um, and just listen to um, positive podcasts, things that, you know, brings your spirit up. And before I knew it, I was listening to podcasts and I'm like, oh, my God, I've been here for an hour. I didn't even realise. Mm. And my steps are done. I feel great. I go to bed. You have the best sleep, you know. Mm. Or whether you're waking up in the morning, that's how you start your day. Positive attitude. Like, mm. it, yeah, that that's my advice, you know. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people and you'll become a good person too oh Mel such a kind heart thank you so much for your time today it's been really enlightening actually I think Mm. I'm just I can't get away from the idea of posing in a three thousand dollar bikini and let's make that happen (laughs) uh I will I'll get you girls some real tight bikinis don't you worry (laughs) oh my the shred starts my butt cheeks just clenched at the thought of it Yeah, well, we we have to tape our bikinis down before we go on stage. Oh. You don't want anything slipping out, trust me. That's <laughs> brilliant. Oh, God. <laughs> Mel, thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. Really, really thank appreciate you for it. Having thank me. you. How good is Mel? Mel is a legend. And that piece of advice at the end of just like really like learning how to back yourself and believe in yourself like that gave me shivers man and the one thing I love is the fact that she doesn't really promote it she's saying you need to get really sure on yourself of who you are Mm. because this isn't an easy road for anyone Mm. but yeah she's just the most 
beautiful, beautiful human. Yeah. So thank you, Mel, from the bottom of our muscles. Yeah, thank you from <laughs> all of my flaccid muscles. <laughs> but on a, on a fun note... I can't wait till out of lockdown when we go to posing class. I am a hu- this is why you want to follow us on Instagram, my friends. Because <laughs> Rochelle and I are going to put on a bikini, overtan ourselves and go to a posing class. With those really high shoes. That'll oh, probably break my ankle. God, I am so excited about the whole thing. That's going to be awesome. And do you know what? I think we should have some 50 cent on while we're posing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> With Bette Midler, just as a picture of Bette Midler as our idol. We could do little um, cardboard faces of yeah. Bette Midler. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't I have one of 50 cent? You have one of Bette Midler. We'll take pictures and we'll send them to them and see if we can get them to do a shout out on the podcast. Oh, my days would be made. Absolutely made. I do just want to say before we wrap up... Um, I think there were some other conversations that could have really been ex- sort of extrapolated in our chat with Mel. And I think we'll bring them into future episodes on the podcast about like, how do you support a friend who is maybe going too far with something mm. like bodybuilding or maybe has got some kind of body dysmorphia? And Rochelle and I are working really hard behind the scenes to try and get on some people to talk to that um, as experts um, on interviews on future episodes. Because I think you know how we support our friends can have such an impact in our friends lives but also our lives and it's really hard to have those sorts of conversations and I don't claim to be an expert at it at all Mm. um but we would love to get some expert advice on the podcast around you know how do we help friends who are maybe suffering from body dysmorphia or they're taking something too far or we are worried for their safety in that way yeah on that note Emily it has been a pleasure having a chat having a natter with you always a pleasure having a cup of tea and a natter um but it's my it's my holiday yeah, and it's sunny do? outside i'm gonna go to the beach oh yeah yeah holiday celebrate uh, it be so right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we need to end it there we hope you've enjoyed this episode as always we'd love to hear your feedback we just ask that you make it kind if you have topics you'd like us to cover questions you'd like to ask or just fancy getting in touch please head to the show notes if you're listening on itunes please rate and review and as always share us with your mates thanks for listening